Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 of the Tennessee Power Hour is here alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. Huge shout out to Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board, Emma Notstein, and the cast of thousands with our Outkick crew making the show happen for us across the Outkick network. Paul, for those that are listening on podcast, what would you like for them to do? I would like for them to give us a nice rating. Give us a nice review. Uh, tell their friends. Retweet, perhaps. Uh, tweet about us. And, um, you know, uh, you can listen to us on podcast, by the way. Apple is a very popular choice, but you can also go to Stitcher, to Audible, to Google Play. What am I forgetting? Uh, farmers Only. Farmers Only, which I call Farmers <laughs> Almanac, Raya. It's a, it's a big source of content for us. That's right. That's right. Uh, also, uh, uh, one of our favorite sites, FanDuel.com slash OK360. You can listen to us there yeah, you can, and oh, bet. Great offer right now for the Masters, for the greatest tournament that we will have all year. And you have a wonderful wager to make for first-time users. You bet $5, you can win 100 on the biggest event. Just to make the cut, you would pick Justin, uh, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. You pick a player of those three, you deposit, you bet $5, you win $100. If that player makes the cut, not to win the tournament, but just to make the cut and play on Saturday. Again, go to fanduel.com slash OK360. You never know, we might read our own reviews on the podcast on the show. This comes from Jen Cape on mm -hmm. Apple, Jennifer. says, I'm a female longtime listener who is thrilled to have a podcast as an option now. Wasn't able to listen to the previous show every day because of my work hours, but now I can listen while out for a walk after work, commercial free. Another oh, plus. Thank you, Jen. Jen, you are a plus. Thank you so much for that review. And a reminder, you can rate us, review, subscribe, whether it be on uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Also, just hit that like feature on YouTube if that's where you're watching today. And share the feed on Facebook and on Twitter at Outkick360. Tennessee Power Hour coming up in about six minutes. We will have some of the renderings that Chad's been able to get a hold of for the Vanderbilt Commodores and the athletic facilities upgrades. We'll review those live with you. We've glanced at them, but have not reviewed them. Uh, the renderings, we can't wait to do that here on Outkick360. But first, let's hit some Tennessee headlines. Chad, and it starts with a transfer for the Tennessee basketball program. Justin Powell is headed from Auburn to Tennessee. Went to Auburn and played for Bruce Pearl. Only played for 10 games in his freshman year. Suffered a concussion. Was out for the rest of the year. Six foot six shooter, a big guard. Exactly what Tennessee needs, a shooter. He was a 44% three-point shooter in his short time there in Auburn. He's from Kentucky originally. He has some animosity towards his home state school because they did not offer him a scholarship. 
uh, but he looked like he was going to be a big-time player, an all-freshman player at Auburn before he got injured. And he is the sharpshooter that Tennessee needs. Big addition for Rick Barnes, pairing him with Kennedy Chandler, five-star point guard who's coming in. He just got a few more assists, I think, next year with Justin Powell on the perimeter. Big for Tennessee now is they need a big man. Uh, Fulkerson's yet to announce. I think he's going to come back. That's just me guessing and reading the tea leaves that he's going to use that extra year and come back. That's going to help give them some good depth and another experienced guy in the post. But they badly need uh, Jalen Gardner from ECU or one of these big guys that are still out there in the transfer portal that have been productive at their previous stop and have a lot of experience. They need to add one of those players to this roster. Where are they right now in terms of recruiting? Well, they're recruiting. And when I say where are they right now, I mean in the conference. Uh, Their recruiting class isn't great only because they only have two players. And it also they didn't have a lot of room initially. Now they've had, you know, they've had you're gonna have two guys go to the draft early. Right. Jaden Springer's announced. Um, Eves Pond still hasn't announced anything. Keon Johnson will go, we all assume. Yeah. He's gonna be a lottery pick, so there's another one. Um, but they've got Mashik, uh, a big guard, a really good defensive player originally out of California, who's coming in, and of course Kennedy Chandler. But they've got spots. I mean, they could add two or three more transfers especially if it's a, a grad transfer or someone coming in for a year, they could still add guys this roster. So the door's open. Yeah, and then look, Justin Powell is step one. They needed a shooter and a big man. They got their shooter, and I think they got the best one on the market uh, that's got a lot of eligibility left. A, he only you know played 10 games as a freshman at Auburn. If he can get immediately eligible, that's an immediate, you know, there's yeah, still that, some question about it, even though there's really not a lot of questions. Yeah. Now with the NCAA that they may have to sit out a year, but – he should be eligible immediately as long as he is. That gives them the shooter, bigger guard they need. They need a big man. If, if they get a big man in the transfer market, it's a team, once again, that's going to be picked top three or four in the SEC, I think, next year. That, that's going to be a tournament team. At least that's the expectation going into the year. We've got to offer a quick congratulations to Hutton on his uh, camp counselor. They were all disappointed yes. when Hubert Davis showed up instead of Michael Jordan. Yep. But he's now the head coach at the University Hubert of North Davis. Carolina. Um, there was, uh, by the way, there, were, there was a story there at, at MTSU basketball camp. There was a kid that asked for his – he had two pairs of shoes, Hubert Davis did. And a kid asked for one of them, and he said no, like one of the pairs, as like an autographed item. And he just walked off down down the tunnel at old Murphy Center. The guy needed his two pairs. And uh, he was gone. Everyone disappointed, and that kid was left crying. UNC fans hoping that, that they won't me. have the same disappointment as Hutton did <laughs> and all the children at the MTSU camp with or Hubert the Davis Knicks is the higher. With Hubert Davis's mediocre professional career. Yeah, it's it, or the, <laughs> it's yes. the Hubert Davis hiring to me is North Carolina saying it's really tough to screw this job up, right? Like we're going to hire a guy we're comfortable with that played here, um, you know, Roy Williams, it was his appointed guy, Roy Williams, that, that carried a lot of weight, which it should, said Hubert Davis should be the hire. Um, I also feel like I saw last night, it was uh, Kenny Smith was on the pregame coverage. They asked him about Hubert Davis. He's a North Carolina Tar Heel also. And he said, you know, it's great because we've got a guy now that's really going to connect the past to the program and really welcome alumni with open arms. And I'm thinking, Brad Stevens wouldn't have done that too? Like, name me the idiot coaches that would take the North Carolina job and, and not, not the embrace door. the past. Someone going to shut out Michael Jordan from team activities or being around the team if they I've never take the job? Why I just anyone, don't, I don't know why you would go to any university at any level and not accept and whatever shut the, the door yeah. for, for past players that were 
legends for what you deem some of the best years of your program's history, not just North Carolina history, any program. You embrace I mean, what you've been building. It's happened before. You know, Derek Dooley did it to some extent in Tennessee. Lane Kiffin did it to some extent in Tennessee, wanting to erase the past. And <laughs> we're going to bring USC in. You know, it's going to be like a USC I mantra just, in Knoxville. But if you take the North Carolina basketball job, I just can't imagine a coach that could first be offered the North Carolina job that's gotten to that point in their career would be so dumb as to not embrace the past and welcome back alum. It just makes James sense. James Worthy, GTFO. Well, it was just weird the, the way Kenny Smith, and I know what he's getting at, like, well, he's one of us. You know, he play, Well, Roy Williams was like a walk-on player at North Carolina also. I just don't. Did, Nor, did Roy Williams shut out alumni when he was there? No. no. Like, no one's going to shut out the alumni. So it was a weird endorsement of Hubert Davis to say, now we feel like we can come back and we have one. I'm thinking anybody who takes that job is going to embrace North Carolina basketball's history. You'd be an idiot not to. Uh, we mentioned uh, some of the, the headlines for the Tennessee Power Hour, but the, the staple of the hour will be our reaction to the renderings of the Vanderbilt facility upgrades. Chad, you were able to see these uh, this morning, and you brought them with you for uh, an unveiling when we yeah, come back. a little show and tell that these have not been released anywhere that I've seen so far, uh, but these are some artistic renderings of the map plan of where the new facilities will go on Vanderbilt's campus, but also an inside look at some of these facilities and, and what it may look like. Really cool to get a look at these. And you hear $300 million investment, now you get to see some of that take place. So we're excited. This is sort of a OutKick 360 show and tell. Uh, if you're watching, you're gonna be able to see these renderings. We'll talk about them, explain them, and go through each one of them as we unveil them also, and that's coming up when we come back. Straight ahead on OutKick 360. It is OutKick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour. If you're listening to Knoxville and Fox Sports Knoxville, we appreciate that. Give us a, a shout and uh, let us know that you can hear us on Twitter at OutKick360. Um, Chad. You got a hold of the renderings for the Vanderbilt upgrades. And let's preface this by saying we are thrilled that Vanderbilt has announced the $300 million project to upgrade facilities for their athletic program. This is a, a massive need for their facilities and for those teams, specifically football and basketball, that are going to be upgraded and impacted significantly. What did not accompany that announcement were any renderings or mock-ups of what they were going to do. I'm not saying that wasn't going to come. Clearly, they are discussing this behind the scenes. And uh, Chad was sent these renderings and um, a, a few other documents this morning. I'm glad that, you, that they didn't put them out so that you could get them and we could have this seemingly exclusively. But yeah. I don't understand why 10 days removed from the announcement they're available that they didn't put them out it is with the announcement weird. well and we'll uh we'll once we're done showing these on the show we'll tweet all these out as well uh from outkick 360 another reason to follow us on twitter if you're not already at outkick 360 feels very top secret that we're going to show these <laughs> um by the way big day for me with vanderbilt the, uh, this announcement and we get to unveil this on outkick 360 and I found out that Jerry Stackhouse has blocked me on Twitter, like, much like uh, many media members out there who uh, aren't impressed with his overall win-loss record. 
So fun. <laughs> All right, let's get to these slides. Maybe he's headed to Carolina. Slide number one, we're going to show you Slide right now. Slide number one. This is a an aerial view of uh, the athletic layout and the sort of the physical plant of everything athletics on Vanderbilt's campus. And you can see in the, the brighter gold where the additions are going to happen. Now, no surprises here. And guys, we're looking at this together. Right next to Memorial Gym, really on top of it, in one corner is going to be the basketball operations center. Yep. That's number one on uh, this slide. That is a great spot for that. I anyone familiar with going to football games there or even parking in that hotel area garage over there, you walk through that, the behind that end zone into Memorial Gym. That's always the way I would enter Memorial Gym is on that side. And they're going to have a state-of-the-art basketball operations center offices for coaches, locker room, practice courts, all of that. Training room will be right there in slide number one and the corner of Memorial Gym, which is a really cool spot for that. Number two, the football operations building. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Just optically, I think it will look cool. Um, I want a new stadium, first and foremost. They're not going to do that. So I think this is a good option if you're not going to tear down that stadium and build a new one. And you're, you don't need those end zones closed in. You're having a hard time selling tickets now, in that stadium regardless. For those that so are listening, make it something that's really nice to look at in that end zone. For those SEC fans that are listening right now that are familiar just with the concept of the stadium on television, the end zone for the football operations building and the rendering here is above where the locker rooms are, correct? Yes. It's it the is, closed end zone. It's the closed end zone. So they're going to take that closed end zone and change it into a building. So Arkansas has something like this. They have that enormous facility yep. in one of their end zones where it's like seven stories, it looks like. It's glass. People are up there looking out. I'm seeing it as that. Probably an area where uh, alumni and donors can sit and watch the game in one of the floors. Then it's going to be a football facility on the backside of that, that end zone. West Virginia also has something similar to this I can't remember really what it looks like in the stands but it's weight room opens up right onto the field yeah um, and I remember this from when I was there doing mm -hmm. the Pac-Man Jones story that you referred to earlier uh, the weight room kind of goes right out onto the field so if you were running you could you know do your workout right out of the the weight room which I thought was a cool concept well and number three on this list We'll get to, and I can explain it this way because it's it's a combo deal. If you've been to a game at Vanderbilt, this is for any SEC fan, any college football fan who's familiar with the layout. So number two is going to be the football ops building in that closed-in end zone. So replacing, it looks like, the closed-in end zone will be the football operations building. Where Vanderbilt walks from the Guggen Center into the stadium. The Star Walk. This is their Star Walk across Jess Neely Drive. That is going to go in through the football operations building now and then onto the field in that end zone. The opposite end zone that's open with trees that you see like kids hanging out in. Where the Marriott sometime. is. Yes, where the Marriott and is P. on the Chang. one side. Opposite of the Marriott in that end zone will be basketball operations. McGugan Center, don't need to spend much time on this. They're expanding it. It's going to take it's up that right whole now. block instead right. of uh, but, up to the tennis center. Tennis center then McGugan, now McGugan will get extended over towards those parking lots that people park in. It's going to look a lot better and be bigger, but it's in the same spot. You know, they're, they're renovating McGugan Center where it's going to be there. Number four is the indoor football practice facility located behind McGugan Center. 
Now, this is where I'm a little bit confused. Are they just improving the one that's already there? No. Or is this going to be completely new? This is a new indoor. This okay. is an outdoor practice field now that runs, I think that's Jess Neely Boulevard. So it'll run behind the new McGugan Center, parallel to the it's, track. Most people it, know the Natchez track. It's Natchez Trace. There. Natchez Trace. It's on the sorry. side of Natchez Trace. So it's along Natchez Trace, and it'll run parallel to the track that people know. A lot of people run there or, or work out there. Um, so it, it run right up Natchez Trace. And then next to it will be a renovated outdoor field. So new football facility on top of current practice field, new practice field next to that football facility, outdoor field. I think there may have been, I may be mistaken, this may be two fields with the indoor field and the outdoor field where three fields used to be. Okay. Uh, or two and a half fields anyway. But it's a good trade-off. So part of this that it's not in bright gold on the slide that we're looking at right now, but interests me, is there is a layout right now that's just an empty field that says Athletics Neighborhood. I'm assuming this is going to be almost like a village of dorms and apartments. Where is that? For athletes. On the very bottom, you really need to be looking okay. at your phone, Paul, yeah. to see it. I see but on the very about. bottom, right next to the phase one, it says Athletics Neighborhood. Those are uh, uh, intramural fields and the like. Okay, so that's going to be intramural. Well, that's what they are now. Yeah, it's also indicating the the footprint of the athletics neighborhood, which includes all of their facilities. So they'll have that lacrosse field, that soccer field. You've got uh, the baseball stadium that's gray boxed out right now within this this yellow footprint. That I I, I took that to mean they're calling this their athletics neighborhood. Yeah, I think it could still continue to be the same thing. Those those that's space for athletics. Uh, you know, that's where where you'll see, uh, you know, touch football game, flag football games, intramural soccer, uh, ultimate frisbee and the like. Two, two biggest things that, that jump out to me just on the rendering is just the indoor football facility. Yep. The practice facility for football and then the upgraded football operations building. You know, that, Chad, you mentioned this last week. This $300 million commitment was specific to football and basketball yep. at the top of the list. This wasn't, you know, let, let's discuss all the sports, including bowling, and treat everyone exactly. Th this was an impact moment for football and basketball specifically. And you can see, you can see based on the rendering of the, the football, the, the, the footprint here, exactly where the emphasis is taking place. Well, one of our criticisms of David Williams when he was in this job was that he would treat everything exactly the same and not just state, hey, football and, and basketball, men's mm -hmm. basketball is very important. Uh, this is a different direction, which is good for, I think, the Vanderbilt fan with that. Let's go to slide number two now, if we can, gentlemen. Uh, and this is just going to show, we don't spend much time on this. This is the, the architectural thing. design firm, Populous, that they're using. This is a look at some of their other designs and some of their other buildings. So to give you a sense of the direction Vanderbilt's going in, the eyes of Texas are upon us because this is the model. What's been done at Baylor with McLean Stadium, not John McLean Stadium, spelled differently, even though John is a proud Baylor alum today. They should change You've name. got that. You've got the premium seating area at, at uh, Texas Memorial Stadium for the Longhorns. And you've got the founder suite at Kyle Field. So what I mentioned earlier, 
in that new facility on slide two in the football operations building, I'm picturing this founder suite that Texas A&M has as what's going to be in that building. So you're going to have glass overlooking the stadium, and there's going to be an enormous suite for top-level donors at that point. I'm sure uh, for recruiting purposes also, they're going to have recruits there. Really, really cool when you look at the layout for what they could do with these suites. Describe it a little bit for, for people listening, not watching. I mean, it's look, it's uh, for those listening, it looks like a really nice suite you would see at any professional stadium that overlooks any field that you're watching, whether it be a baseball suite, football, basketball, whatever it may be. There's an area behind it. It's a lounge, kitchen area, television, flat screens. The one that they showed here, again, this is what was done at Texas A&M, and this is what the design firm Populous has worked on before, is more of an all-encompassing club level. There's multiple TVs in a bar area. It's not just for one group. Yeah. There's a big spread for a That's lot great. of people that are in there. So you could have a lot of people uh, communing together at once. And the one from the one from Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium um, is kind of a, a plaza type thing with seats below it. Uh, beside a three-tiered thing, you know, that would be where the bleachers start. I don't know what kind of ideas or hints they'd take from that, given the confines of that space, but it's very attractive, sleek, modern, uh, all of the things that you'd hope for. I think, uh, I don't know if you guys agree with me, I think so far, from what they announced to what we're looking at, home run. I agree. Uh, when, when I had the idea of, okay, this is cool, what they're saying, the physical layout of it is perfect so far for what they can do and they have limited with a space. small amount of space. They have limited space, and they, they've found the footprint. Let's go to slide number three. Let's go right to Vanderbilt's words on this. This is, uh, as Jerry Maguire would say, sort of a mission statement of what they're doing. The elements. The initiative will include the following signature projects. Each one is significant undertaking in its own rights. Taken together, they catapult our ability to enhance success on and off the field for our student athletes while improving the fan experience. Star number one, football operations building. The one, Hutton, that immediately jumped out to you when you saw it. Day-to-day -day home to the football program, located in south end zone of Vanderbilt Stadium. Multi-story facility including a new team locker room, equipment room, training room, meeting rooms, and staff offices, and will include Premium seating options such as mm -hmm. new suites, club seats, loge boxes, and fan amenities including concessions, retail space, and much more. From a fan perspective, perfect. Looks yep. You're going to have multiple options for suite level. You're going to have a gift shop of some sort. You're going to have multiple concession options. The only downside here, and we've talked about this when the initial plan it's came out, zone. is that it's an end zone. Uh, and you want, the, ideally, this stuff to be on the sideline. But if you're going for a place to hang out, because you know, it, there, there's a the social the aspect right. to it. doesn't matter where it is. It does. It, does, matters it really does. It matters less where it is. And it's less about the football and more about the, the social smoothing. gathering yep, the and all of that. The other thing is, all these things it's talking about, coaching offices, locker room, all of that, this is being taken out of other places. Now, the, the in-stadium locker rooms are terrible. They're below this on the ground level um, in, in the entryway, really, from the street between McGugan and the football stadium. You're also talking about taking some of the, these coaching offices and stuff. Where are the football coaching offices now? I presume in McGugan. 
And so McGugan's getting a facelift and an extension, and you're taking football offices or space. out of McGugan. Yeah. Well, and you're also going to have, you know, uh, Clark Lee's office is going to overlook the stadium. So when he's having someone in, he's visiting with a recruit, suddenly your visual behind his desk is going to be Vanderbilt Stadium and everything behind it, which is going to make for a much more cool visual. And picture it this way. If you look at the current setup at Vanderbilt, if you're bringing in uh, some unnamed tech giant from San Francisco that is a Vanderbilt alum, and you're trying to schmooze that person and get them to give you a million dollars, let's say, where are you taking them on that campus? There's no great place to go and say, you know, we want, you know, and I know this for a fact, they were serving ham and cheese box lunches to prospective donors very recently when they're bringing people in asking for money and they're doing it in offices that are outdated. Uh, now that's not the case. When you can bring someone in, to this if Clark club. Lee or Jerry Stackhouse is bringing in recruits and you're going to have a lunch in the new suite level that's on the top floor of this facility overlooking the stadium, it's a lot different. When you have meetings and bring people in, it's going to make for a much better yeah, it's a central, atmosphere. It's the hub. Let's go back to that slide again. And let's look at the basketball center, which is the next part of this. Now, can I, real quick, yeah. uh, keep this up. When, when you, what you just described as the hosting donors, if, if I close my eyes and listen to your description, it's like you're discussing MTSU and not Vanderbilt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they are so behind the times that it is so refreshing to finally hear and see things like this for an SEC program that deserves the attention that the university is now going to give it. Well, this is two-pronged to pick up on that, right? The limit, the space limitations, the the setting limitations that you talk about are one thing, right? And that that's a serious thing. The box lunch limitation is a mental thing. You can get yeah. catered from Fleming's oh. across the street, <laughs> yeah. or from a variety of great well, Nashville I'll, I'll give restaurants. An example. I'll give you an example. You of the can get catered from anywhere. That's a mentality thing, yeah. not a structural limitation. It's thing. also a university academia coming in and saying All you, you are a lot of this for athletics we bring the other people in and when we're getting the, the science building that. going then we're going to take them over to Fleming's <laughs> or do that but because we look down on athletics you get Jimmy John's I love Jimmy John's this is not disparaging Jimmy John's I don't I'll but I can tell you right now Jimmy John's has been served to prospective donors at Vanderbilt I know this for a fact that's not what you bring people in. You don't bring them into some <laughs> nondescript boardroom in the back of a building and serve them Jimmy John's. You, as you said, Paul, you have someone in a white jacket and white gloves serving them Flemings. And you can do that now in a nice space uh, with this new development. So basketball, moving along. Day-to-day -day home court to men's and women's basketball programs, multi-story facility including practice courts, weight room, locker rooms, staff offices, and more. I'm not quite sure what more would be, if that's another type of uh, entertainment room for recruits or something you can have there. You know, we've been to Tennessee before, Hutton and Broadcast. I think Paul was there once too. From the Peyton Manning room, for instance, it overlooks the practice field. Unbelievable. And it's got yeah. orange felt pool table, yeah. TVs, a mini bar. But that's a, a place for players to hang out but also to bring recruits. I'm seeing something like that in the and more category yeah. in this basketball. And story. again, there are some side benefits here. Uh, you know, they've obviously outgrown the practice courts that are part of 
kind of the addition to Memorial, but there are a couple practice courts tucked in there that now won't have any time that they belong to the men's and women's basketball teams that can be used for whatever, probably for, you know, other student activities that yep. go on on campus. So there's a side benefit to having some space for, I don't know, the dance team, the whatever. So let's go to the final slide, and we'll spend the least amount of time on this. Simply put, this is coming from Vanderbilt, our values, academic and personal development, athletic excellence, fan experience, community engagement, and uh, you can get more information, vucommodores.com slash vandyunited. I think this is absolutely and exactly what Vanderbilt needs. They need a united front. I like the name of it, Vandy United, in raising money for athletics. I think this is a great step one. I don't think this is all that needs to be done, but I think this is an enormous step. And I think it's probably going about 60 to 70% of the way of the full measure. And how of long what needs to be done eventually? How long we've been waiting on this? Well, they, they need the, to the renovate time Memorial I've lived Gym. In Nashville since '97. Yeah, I don't think you blow up Memorial Gym, but there's some things no. aesthetically, and just with that physical space that needs to be done in concourses, uh, with heating and air. I yeah. don't think the heating and air things. thing can ever be solved to the degree that we want. Like, you can't just go in there and put in air conditioning. Like, well, something needs to be physical, done. I think there are physical limitations to what you can do in there, and I'm a big fan of the building. I love watching games. How is that possible? How <laughs> how could you not put? Well, I, I mean, I think it costs so much. We need to get a contractor on the line. <laughs> yeah. Explain how I that could be I don't get that possible. at all. We can go to the Hermitage that was well, built in the but 1700s. But, Paul, they just, they they have... just raised $300 million. I guarantee it doesn't cost $300 million, but heating and air into, into Memorial Gym. No, so I they can go do back. it. I have to go back. I, I'm, I'm not saying what I'm, no, sure I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I just, I'm trying to figure out how you can't figure out a way to heat and cool the building. Well, they heat it. It's the cooling, I think, that's the, the major issue. Is there argument that they don't need it much in the, in the summer Season. months? Well, I, I mean, I think it's not a number one pressing thing yeah. in, on their list. Well, there's just, look, there are things, again, this just goes, this is a great step. So I don't want to take what is a great step from Vanderbilt and turn it into, yeah. well, they need to do this, this, right. and this. But they still do need to do this, this, and this. Part of it is Great the actual. First step. Well, the physical structure of the stadium is going to remain the same. That end zone is going to be a lot nicer. The, the formerly closed-in end zone now is going to be an, an incredible suite-level club, football facility, offices, everything else. That'll be nice, but it doesn't change the physical structure of Vanderbilt well, Stadium, get seat backs, which right? is still That's the number one thing. Still not good. Get seatbacks. And there's again, there's a lot. There's a lot that could be done there, but this is think, a great step. I, I, when I see this, I think to myself, they, they have tried to figure out a way, where, where are our resources best utilized now in order to raise further resources down the road? They're going to build these facilities and host recruits. They're going to host potential clients and donors that, that are going to accompany the current donors that they have and try to build more money and push more money into the private donations that will hopefully bring the CPACs and bring the renovations that we're all talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I think to, to where we started, if you're standing in this new club area with your donors or new potential donors and they're marveling at this and you say, wouldn't it be great now if we took these two sideline sections 
and look at these plans we've drawn up for what that those two things could be and how marvelous would it be to be sitting in this which looks great and looking at those which could look great yeah well and it's all it's all cyclical right i mean we're uh, we might get into this last segment of the tennessee power hour a disturbing story out of knoxville and i can explain to you how this story and its reporting is cyclical in a lot of ways it's one thing feeding the other if you get this facility and you can lock down some big-time recruits, then suddenly Clark Lee can get to 6-6 six and six quicker than expected, start going to some bowl games, knock Tennessee off every now and again. Then you get more recruits, you get more donations, you get more money. The stadium starts to build itself with those donations. If you get a couple of basketball, it doesn't take much in basketball. You get a recruit or two that can, that can raise the profile of your program, suddenly you're back in the NCAA tournament. That's going to lead to more donations, and then other things start happening around it. Yep. This, is, this is great for Vanderbilt because everything was so stagnant with football and basketball. There wasn't a lot of hope. There was way too much losing yeah, these going are hopeful on. And delight. now this gives you some progress forward. Agreed. Uh, Tennessee Power Hour rolls on, but when we come back, the latest with Deshaun Watson and the case – uh, against him and the sexual assault and harassment lawsuits where he faces 22 civil lawsuits. They are putting a name and a face with one of the 22 that's happening right now in Houston. Attorney Tony Busby holding a press conference in his office with one of Watson's accusers. That's next on Outkick 360. Tennessee Power Hour rolling on here on OutKick 360. Glad you're with us as uh, you listen uh, in your car, on your drive home, uh, for podcasts, on replay. Maybe you're listening at Fox Sports Knoxville. For that, we say thank you. And maybe you're watching live. We love the OutKick 360 season ticket love, holders. Love, love. Like, subscribe, share, retweet. You can do all those things, and we appreciate that. And... If you are uh, on uh, an Amazon device, you can ask, ask Alexa to search OutKick on YouTube. The show will pop up. You can also set a reminder. Our show starts every day at noon Eastern, 11 Central, right here in Nashville at Blackbird Studio. Uh, happening right now in Houston, though, the national headlines turn back to Tony Busby uh, and his latest information that he's uh, continuing to lay out in the cases against quarterback Deshaun Watson and, and the Texans' star quarterback, where one of the 22 accusers in the civil lawsuits uh, against Watson has come forward to put a, both a, a face and a name behind the accusations. Her name is Ashley Solis, and she's the first person represented by attorney Tony Busby to come out publicly with a statement and with her accusations against Watson, where part of her quote, which is happening now, and the press conference says, quote, I was afraid, I'm not afraid anymore. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me. I am a survivor of assault and harassment. Deshaun Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. He assaulted me at my home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. Uh, there are others that are releasing statements through attorneys at this press conference. In fact, Tony Busby, uh, in part of what he said, um, said that we have 22 civil lawsuits, 20, 22 accusers. There were others that came forward, but he didn't feel like he could 
present those cases properly based on the information that he had. I guess in response or before a response to a question about whether or not there are others out there um, and, and how how much he vetted he's all he's of the background of every individual that's come forward since uh, you know the, the last month of all of this. And he said, look, I, we vetted it so thoroughly that we turned people away because I didn't feel like I could present it properly. Another line from Ashley Solis, uh, people say I'm doing this just for money. That is false. I come forward now in hopes Deshaun Watson does not hurt another woman. So, uh, you know, it's a, a very bad day of developments for him. We see what Rusty Harden counters with now. I don't know what he can counter with now that softens this if people are coming out in affidavits with, with quotes comparable to what she's saying. We knew this was going to, uh, you know, continue to exponentially get worse for him, right? Um, and and uh, a, a name and a face and a voice um, it, it takes it to, it to new heights it. for people, for right? Sure. It, it personalizes it in a way. Not that, a Jane Doe. But it also, Rusty Harden can't. I thought He's it was. A, I thought it was a real misstep to present 18 women that masseuses that weren't harassed by yeah. Deshaun Watson. It yeah. just yeah, all it did was bring in the girl, how many people. How many masseuses does one person need? That that was the immediate question. Was it's just an odd thing to come back and say, well, I gave a massage and I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't harassed. I wasn't attacked by Deshaun Watson. Oh, great! Yeah, oh, great. congrats. I mean, it's that's. Look, it's it's really, really bad for Deshaun Watson. There's there's no escaping punishment from the league now. That's going to happen at the very least. Um, I'm sure that they're now crafting a way to defend him legally, not just from civil suits, but with the investigations going on uh, with Houston Police Department and other law enforcement agencies, that's going to be their focus now is uh, avoiding criminal prosecution. And so the uh, Ashley Solis, who you'll see... Uh, and across social media and, and news reports with her statement in person, there is another statement from another Watson accuser, Lauren Baxley, uh, her statement being read right now at this press conference in Houston, where she says that he insisted on a nude massage despite and directed, uh, directed her to touch areas she didn't want to touch. Um, and again, this, these, the presser continues. Uh, the next, the next bit of news I'm waiting on is what the NFL plans to do. There's now more than enough evidence to suspend Deshaun Watson indefinitely and place him on Commissioner Goodell's list. Uh, the precedent is there based on what he's done with other players in the past. Uh, th there should be no doubt where the NFL stands on this. And to this point, they have been completely silent. And, well, and they cannot stand silent with accusers coming forward in the the, the amount that they're doing already and now publicly in front of a camera and directing things at Watson and, and how things have been handled at this point. The list is really used as a way to handle uh, games and, and pay and that stuff. So that they don't need to use the list until they get into uh, closer to the season. In terms of saying something, I mean, at some point they're going to have to say something. Right now they can stall because there's nothing Should they do something before he's the draft? going to do. I mean, just for the plans of the, I mean, well, I, I know the, the, the Texans season, know it's probably going to be bad. The off-season schedule it's begins April sixteenth, April seventeenth or nineteenth. New coaches a week earlier than that, so it not could, this year though, right? I'm not. I'm not sure that because everything's virtual. 
Yeah. I think they just opened it up. That, my point is. He may still get some extra time, Cully. I, I'm not sure. But he's not going to that anyway. He wasn't going to that anyway. So they could. Yeah, that's not the league's directive to, to determine whether or not the, he's going to that or not. Under I, the rug. Uh, they, they shouldn't be sitting around waiting. Everyone, it, the next bit of info will be from the NFL. It should be. Um, but just, I won't be surprised if they just stay mum on it for as long as they can. Isn't it amazing, though, that remember when the biggest offseason story was Deshaun Watson's discontent with management with the Texans and how big of a story that was going to be all offseason? Well, I mean, can't you think if you're Deshaun Watson, boy, remember the simpler time when I was just unhappy with the way things were going from a football standpoint with my team and I was demanding a trade, and now this happens, and it further complicates everything. I just think of all the past off-season storylines that we've had. You know, the one that comes to mind, um, Adrian Peterson and his uh, discipline of a child. Yeah. And going to meet with Commissioner Roger Goodell about it. You know, that's a national headline, and that's followed. Uh, the NFL, you know, didn't stay silent on that. Yeah. Um, it, again, like, it, it's... I think that, that, that the unfortunate thing is that they've learned, quote-unquote, learned that the thing that they can maybe get away with is just to push it as far down the line as they can yeah, but, for but as long as There's no as reason they can. to, though. There, there's no reason to. Um, you're allowed to gather information. Um, oh, they're gathering information. But, you know, the report's that. coming they, out The report's coming out that the Philadelphia Eagles and Miami Dolphins are monitoring the situation on whether or not they want to make an offer and that the Texans are now picking up the phone. That should just be, a, that, that should just be canceled out. Like, well, there, will be no, there will be no discussion yeah. about this until we determine that he's playing or not. I don't, do, do you think it's conceivable the league would allow a, a transaction to be made? They, I think if, if those they teams should, went They to shouldn't even allow the speculation to happen. The conversation to happen. I mean, there's, they've acted quicker with less information and evidence before with players than they have with this. And yeah, I'm not I saying, by the way, them I am not saying that. that they should come out and definitively say, here's the punishment and here's how. I'm not saying that. But they, they should put, they should He's come frozen. Out. He, they should freeze Absolutely, it. they should. You know, what is, what's prompted the change, though? I'd, I'd be curious if they have changed with their thinking. Is it that they took heat and they didn't like their quick response to the kneeling controversy? And what's going no. on with that? And, and I'm, made, trying to, I'm trying to think of what the league, like what would have prompted, because I'm with you, Paul, it may represent change, but I'm just trying to think what moment represented well, the, now we must wait until to now, discipline someone. Until today, and the reason why I say that's the next storyline to watch, until now, We've just had the number 22. Like, it's gone from 11 to 13 to 16. The number goes up. Now you have a face with a name, and you have a press conference that's going to be on repeat. And, it, you know, he's... It's he, probably not going to be the last press conference. Two, no. He has two of the 22 that he's... That, that Busby is representing that have come forward to this point in the presser. Uh, by this time next week, maybe we're discussing 15 names. I think their wait, I mean, Chad, is until there's something forces them to do something. And with virtual off-season, there's no chance of him being somewhere, showing up to something. He's not going to be at this virtual stuff. And so they conveniently don't have a thing where he could show up to something. So there's nothing until that, training right. camp, technically, right? 
and and I think technically, Hutt, they could just kind of freeze him. But there's an understanding behind the scenes that he's frozen and he, he's going to be in limbo. It lets them off the hook to to say something or do anything because he's just on ice. I'm just seeing at some point this, um, you know, I think about with Harvey Weinstein and the different stories written where it's a kaleidoscope of victims and you see all their faces and pictures in, one, in a bunch of boxes over the story, and they all come forward, and it's a big profile of all of them, that, that's what's coming for Deshaun Watson, and that's not going to be good. No, that's not going to be good for anyone. just started right now. Yep. Yeah. That's, but I, that, in my mind, that's what I'm seeing happening in the next month or two. It tarnishes the lead. I, I mean, I don't know what their – Well – No, there's no damage control that can be effective no, here ex- except to appear the league, disgusting. I, I also want to – you know, the league didn't do this. The Texans yeah, didn't do this. Yeah, it's not the this, league's fault. But they have a personal conduct policy in place for this, specifically yeah. for this. Um, and the number one thing they seek to do with that personal conduct policy is take away your ability to play. And I don't doubt that they'll take away his ability to play. And that's the number one thing. They I just want don't to know what away, they're right? waiting on at this point. I mean, in, 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 unless it's just convenient that they don't have anything going on. Yeah, I think so. That's they don't it. have to say anything. But Hutton's right in that they have plenty of info and evidence to say you're indefinitely suspended. You're on whatever the list is, the commissioner's list, whatever, and you're not. You're not a part of the league. While this is going on, we've heard enough. We've seen enough. We can do that now. And then when everything, when the when the dust settles. When we see if there's criminal charges and we see what happens with the civil suits, then we can come back and say, you're out for a season, you're out for a half a season, whatever the punishment is. But they could take the step down and just say, you're just indefinitely suspended. We are back at it tomorrow for OutKick 360. A lot of headlines to hit tomorrow. We will discuss the NFL draft and much more. Big thanks to our great crew on hand for making the show happen today. Outkick the show with Clay Travis coming up in a couple of hours right here on the Outkick Network. Don't block the box. Definitely lock the locks. See you.